Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen, as Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Today, our featured guest is Brittany Tucker, and Brittany is going to speak about her story of how God is transforming her life now that she has literally put him first in all areas, right? And we're going to talk about that, how it was scary, the changes that are happening, what it's been like, what's her experience. And, and she speaks, we're going to speak about the stepping stones that God has laid out for her throughout her life. The trials she went through that actually were beneficial because not all of them are bad, right? God uses even the bad and the ugly and makes beautiful things out of them. And then what's the vision that God has given Brittany for her future? Right. And I know we all wonder that, like, why am I here? And what is what's God's plan for my life? So we're going to get into that with Brittany. And I'm going to read a little thing she put on her social media page here just to introduce you to her, because I think it was really well spoken. She writes this. My testimonial. My testimony is pretty straightforward. Raised Baptist, following a bunch of rules, partied my butt off all through school, graduated college and then never looked back. I've always loved and believed in Jesus but I kept him on layaway until I was ready to surrender myself fully to him. I prayed every night, but was still living a purposeless life. You can't have it both ways. And I became very aware of that when I lost everything and hit rock bottom. I couldn't be more happy with my decision that I've made to pick up my cross and follow him. He has blessed me abundantly with relationships, purpose, opportunity, and most of all, his love. So Brittany, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you, Joe. Yeah, I, the reason why I made that post so broad, and I kind of went into a lot more details of, you know, more so than partying in school, you know, we all, we all, we all have our messy past, I feel like, and keeping it as broad as I did, I was able to of attract to the masses and I had a lot of people reach out to me like I can absolutely relate to your story and you know they went into into details and that's kind of was my goal was for people to you know even reach out to me and to go into those details but I didn't I didn't feel the need to go into all of my details um, because I feel like we all have that past and um, we all have a, a before Christ version of ourselves um, if we're living in it now or you know it's in the past so I kept it kind of broad and um, tell us something yeah. about you personally. Tell us something that very few people in your business life know about you. Well, I am very vocal with my faith, so I wasn't always like this. Um, the whole point or the whole 
part of keeping God on layaway was I was kind of silent for many, many, many years. You know, I had a relationship with him, but now I'm very vocal and I'm very non-apologetic about my cat, about my faith. So, um, I don't know, I guess to my friends, I might be the holy one <laughs> because it's, it, it kind of is on my lips at all times uh, to bring up the Bible or to bring up, you know, what would Jesus do or whatever. So I've, I'm pretty dramatic in my change from where I was to, you know, who I am now. I don't know if that was very personal, but. Now that is personal, right? Sharing your faith yeah. is a very personal matter. And I think many of us were scared to do it. Right. And, and we're like, oh, it's a private relationship just between yes. Jesus and I. I can't share that with anybody. They may judge yeah. me. They may not like me. I don't want to preach at people. Right. All these things run through our heads. And I believe it's the enemy that keeps us from sharing our oh, faith absolutely. unapologetically, like you're saying, Brittany. So that and, and, and he's blocking you sharing your testimony that other people need to hear. Oh, yeah. Right? Because yeah. they, they, they need freedom in their life. All right, let's start really broad here. I always start with the same question. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? Well, I just actually finished up with a book by Matt Chandler. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him at the Village Church in, in Texas. He wrote a book called Take Heart. And uh, I just, it just released and I just finished it. And he basically talks about the, that exact question and why the world is not working and why everything is, is chaotic and why even Christians are, are leaving the church. And um, so there was an age of Christendom and when, when, you know, Christ and being a Christian was cool. You know, if you don't go to church, you know, people would shun you and, you know, so it was, it was cool to have that title of a Christian and we're not in those times anymore. Um, the enemy has completely corrupted, you know, the music industry and the TV industry and social media. And so, you know, we've entered into an era where it's cool, quite the opposite to not be a Christian. Um, so, you know, I fully blame the enemy and he's, he's really taking charge and, and this rampant through our society and, you know, people, unfortunately, are giving in to the ease. It's the ease of it all. It's the 21st century. We want things now. We want things quick. And we want things to be beautiful. And, you know, a lot of the times, God doesn't work that way. You know, it's, it's not right now. And it's not sudden. And it's usually not very beautiful. Um, so being a Christian is hard. And it's messy. But I think that's how the devil attracts to the age that we're in is what people are craving. And he knows exactly where to hit us and what to give us. So people are giving in. And uh, he's corrupting hearts one at a time. And I, mm. I, I believe in, you know, stiff arming, kind of Heisman on that, um, on the hand of the devil. <laughs> um, you know, and just literally saying no is what I've, you know, I've found has worked for me. As soon as I'm like, oh, this is easy. You know, there's two routes here. I could take this easy way and I can, I can you know, ask for forgiveness later and just do it. Or I can take the harder way. And, you know, gain the favor of the Lord and, um, you know, help somebody along the way that may be watching me. So mm. I think it's just the age that we're in. And that's the reason why the world is so difficult right now. That's a powerful answer. I really appreciated that. All right. I'm going to stay broad for a second longer sure. and then we'll get right into your story. Okay, Brittany. Sure. So there's over 30,000 different Christian churches, denominations on planet earth right now. Mm. Why do you think as Christians, as followers of Christ, why are we all still so divided? That's a good question. Um, it all comes down to, you know, man-made religion 
first the love of Christ. And um, I'm actually in a mentorship right now. And, uh, and my mentors are, are trying to do quite the opposite. You know, a church is a place, is, is a hospital. It's a place of broken, sick people where people go and they seek help and they, you know, seek guidance and love. And, you know, that's great. Um, but also that's not what Jesus did. You know, Jesus didn't get a building and get a bunch of sick people and say, go and do church. What Jesus did is he discipled. He went around. He found individual people. He discipled them. He raised them up to be healthy and said, go and multiply. So basically, hear what I'm teaching you. Take what I'm teaching you and go teach others. So he went one person at a time. So I have a mentor. It's a three-day, three-month mentorship where they're going through and they're spending, they're doing life with me for three months. Very, very personal. And they only take on a few people at a time to where they're making individual people healthy first and then that we can go and multiply rather than just sticking a bunch of sick people in a building and say do life and when you do that there's going to be there's going to be competition there's going to be the enemy is there because it's a bunch of unhealthy people so you got to expect it um i just think that we need to start looking at church a different way um and discipleship and relationships are key um and churches nowadays are just you know unfortunately they're in competition with you know the attendance rates and the size of the building and the, the newest band and song so um you know i go to an amazing church and i feel like we're different but you know maybe everyone says that um i really get I what you our hearts in the wrong way yeah i really get what you're saying i think it all starts individually right and so many times when we fall in love with Christ again, or for the first time, we want to run out and share with everybody what it is that we have before, so many times before we have let God do the work on us to oh, really absolutely. clear out the skidoosh and mess of our life and our poor choices, our childhood trauma. And, and we have to wait, I think, to let God transform us right? One person, us, so that we could go and be that light in the darkness. What, right. you, what shows up for you with that? Um, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I feel like in order to be a leader in the church, you definitely have to have your stuff together um, and you have to know your identity. And you have to you know, understand your soul ties and you understand what's holding you down and your, you know, your inner demons. But at the same time, you know, Jesus loves everyone and he accepts and wants us, even as broken people, to come so yes, there, you don't have to be perfect to be a Christ follower, not saying that, but in order to, to disciple and just, you know, maybe share wisdom, I think that you do need to be healthy internally um, first, but Jesus definitely accepts all the broken and you do not have to be perfect to come to him or to the church. 100%. Great reminder there. That's why I call the show Broken Catholic, right? I believe we're yeah. all broken Catholics, broken yeah. Christians, right? We all are worshiping the same God. We all want heaven, right? And we all need Jesus as our savior. So let's yes. stop the hatred. Let's stop the backfighting, right? And just like join arms and go fight the freaking enemy Seriously. who is out there destroying things, man. I'm, I'm looking at all the stuff, the stuff in the news, more pedophilias, like stuff oh, showing up. It's just like, it's insane. And it's because of this, we're not unified, right? Divided you fall, right? Unified you stand. So we have to unify as Christians. All right, let's get into Brittany's story. Brittany, you were raised Baptist, okay? 
you had a bunch of rules. I know the Baptist religion, right? Yes. I'm one of the girl, uh, girl I'm seeing right now, she's Baptist, okay? And I get it. And I'm, I was raised Catholic, so it's like redundant, okay. right? <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's rules and regulations and strict and all this stuff. Lots of stuff to run away from. I want you to take us back to your story, spend a few minutes on it, really paint a picture of what it was like growing up in that Baptist home with all those rules, and then what made you leave or run away from it? Well, that, ex that exact point made me leave and run away. You know, I was, my mom was um, raised Baptist as well, so she went to church every Sunday, and that was just the thing that we did. You know, my dad passed away when I was a little girl, so it was just mm. her. And, you know, she brought me to church every Sunday. I went to, you know, summer camp with the church and I was just always there. It felt, it definitely felt more like just the thing to check off my list more so than a relationship. So it was just a thing to do and a thing to complain about. That's for sure. I never wanted to go. Um, and she kind of drugged me. Uh, that's a different story. I do think you should drink, you should drag your children to church, <laughs> but um, you know, I rebelled and she made me go anyway, you know, bless my mother. And, um, as soon as I was at the age to where I didn't have to go anymore, I stopped and I, you know, graduated high school. I went on to college and I stopped going and because I can make my own decisions and I didn't have to. And just the, the, I feel like the ease of like, yes, I don't have to follow these rules anymore. Like I can live my own life. So for me, it was one extreme to the next from extreme religion and the rules and the idea of it all into complete rebellion and completely into, you know, my own living. You know, I think, I think God does that a lot. And what I realized after putting my testimony out there, a lot of people came and said my story is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our, our parents, I think, all, you know, did the best they could with what they were, they were given. Um, but I think there's definitely a way that we should parent better. Um, so so I, let's stick to your story specifically, yes, yes. right? So, yeah. So you, you go off to college, you're partying, yep. you're rebelling, you're doing the exact opposite extreme of mm -hmm. the faith that you were raised in with the rules and everything. And you didn't have that relationship with Christ yet, it sounds like, right? So you're off in the darkness partying. What is that experience like for you? Is it fulfilling? Is it, are you getting everything you dreamed of and more? <laughs> Hardly. Um, you know, like I had said, I had prayed to God my entire life every night. So, you know, I had that internal relationship I believed. And, you know, I gave him all my struggles. Um, did I, you know, show gratitude? Maybe not. So I didn't, you know, have a full relationship. But I still believed and he was there. Um, but no, you know, I was a bartender. It was, you know, I was in the drunken scene every single day and I was drunk a lot of the times at work. So, um, no, completely unsatisfying. You know, I was depressed, you know, I, I had all the friendships I could want, but I've never felt so lonely in my life. Mm. You know, I was having all the fun every weekend, parties and raves and concerts, but I had never been so unhappy. Like it was a facade a hundred percent, you know, just to fit in. Um, I went to school at, at a very big party school. So that's just kind of what you did. And I wanted to fit in. So I did. I went through the motions and I did it. And I was miserable the entire time. So how many um, years did that go on that feeling of loneliness and being miserable? Um, the entire time. So I went, I was there for five years. And um, the funny thing is that I knew it. That's the funny thing. When I look back on it, um, the entire, every night, like, I, I know what I'm doing is wrong. 
and I'm sorry, but I can't stop yet. I promise you, I will dedicate my life to you when I'm done with college. So this was your prayer prayer to God every night? Every night, every night. Oh yeah. And I knew, and I I was like, I cannot wait to have you. I can't wait to experience you. Like, I love you. I, 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 hate this i hate these people like i gotta get out of this but i couldn't leave i couldn't because i i just felt like they would judge me i feel like i would never find any friends i just felt like i would be like embarrassed and uh so i couldn't leave you know it's interesting uh you're reminding me of a quote from saint augustine where he says lord make me chaste right make me pure just yeah. not yet, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm much, right i'm having too much fun Right. Mm-hmm. Just not yet. So it sounds like you had a similar prayer. So you have this like burning desire in your heart, Oh yeah. you know, to know God, to experience him in a real tangible way, but you couldn't stop the stuff that was tangible right in front of you. Right. All the right. partying, even though it was making you miserable, like what was missing? Why couldn't you take that step yet? Um, you know, there were excuses. All of them were excuses. You know, I was, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So um, me making the max amount of money with the least amount of time is, is kind of my, my mindset. So bartending was the thing in this town to do for a little amount of time to make the max amount of money. And in order to be in this scene, you had to be a certain type of person and you wouldn't get the job or you wouldn't stay very long, or you wouldn't make that much money. So I had to put on this facade. I had to put on this image of someone to be able to make money. And at the end of the day, money was my motive. Mm. So that's why I never left. It was the love of money. So would, would you say, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, because your story is my story, by the way, right? <laughs> right? Uh, the love of money, I made my God. Does that That's resonate right. with you at all? That, that is right. Yes. I was worshiping money for sure. Yeah. Money and success the, and pleasure. Those were my three gods. Yeah, okay. Similar to a lot of people. Yeah, it is, right? Yet we all think we're alone in our struggles. Yeah, exactly. What is, what is, why is that a thing, right? The enemy like <laughs> lies to us. Oh, you're, you're so unique. You're one he of us. He knows where to poke us, man. He knows. Yeah. We're, we're not that original, right? No. Okay. So it's easy to know of God. You were raised with God, a solid faith. Your mom put that in you. God bless her. Yes. It's easy to know God, but it's really difficult to trust him with our lives, with our futures, especially if we haven't experienced him in a real tangible relationship. Right. So tell me how this transitioned. How did you go from total loneliness? How, long, how much longer did it last? This total miserable party lifestyle, worshiping God, money, success, pleasure, all that stuff. Where did, what was that defining moment? Take us right back to that moment. Paint us a vivid picture. Um, well, eventually, I think my senior year, my, my, maybe my junior year of college, I, st- I found a church. And I started to attend. Uh, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't post it on Facebook. Uh, I didn't even speak to anybody when I was there. I would go to church. I would get the message. I would experience God and I would leave. And this is when it started to flourish a little bit. You know, I started to actually be active a little bit. And I started to learn. Um, and then, you know, the funny thing is I don't, have a very, I don't have a night. I don't have a moment where he just completely took over my life. I, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I graduated college and I, I said goodbye to every single friend I had in college. Um, you know, I deleted them off social media. I said my goodbyes. I wasn't rude. I, you know, I gave them the reason. Um, 
but I literally canceled every toxic thing out of my life, packed up my bags and moved out of that city. Because I was so excited. I was so excited to experience this new life that was ahead of me. And it was like a new beginning. And I had seen it clear as day the entire time I was in college. I was just waiting for that day to, to graduate. And I did. And I never looked back. And, you know, like I said, I packed up my bags one day. I, had, I knew nobody in the city that I moved to. And I just like, ran. And, you just and here I, I just ran. I just picked just up ran. and ran. And I just went. And now here I am. And, you know, I moved. To where I, I live in Tampa now, and I moved here. And uh, the first thing I did, you know, I found a church, and I did everything I was supposed to. I, I started joining groups, you know, you know. And the thing with me, the thing that changed um, that I did not experience, you know, I had that kind of internal relationship, but I didn't experience the power of prayer, the power of you know asking. Mm -hmm. God tells us to present our desires, and I never did. You know, maybe I would moan and groan about the things that I had in my life, but I never asked him for anything. So I never really experienced uh, the joy of him actually answering prayers. So when I had moved to Tampa and I was ready for this new life, I started to ask. And um, it, was almost, it was almost supernatural. Well, it is supernatural, but it was almost like freaky to the point where he was literally very loudly answering my prayers. So um, things like, you know, my first... My first drive to, actually, no, I had been going to the church for a while, and I really was just kind of shy. I was nervous, not going to lie. So I didn't really speak to anybody for the first few months I was going there, and then, you know, I was, I was ready. So on my way to church one day, I said, God, please give me somebody, just one first Christ friend, just somebody. And, you know, and I still, I got to church, and I was still I didn't, I was nervous. I didn't talk to anybody. At the end of the service, you know, they posted something about a Bible group on the, on the screen. I took a picture so I can remember. And the girl at the end of my piece stood up at the end and came over and says, hey, I seen you take a picture. Um, I go to that, and I'm really the only young person. Would you like to come with me? And um, that person is now my best friend and my roommate. But we got lunch before we went to that Bible study. And she said, you know, I have never, ever done that in my life. And I don't think I ever would again. I've never stood up and just went over to someone random. And something was telling me to do it. And like, I prayed for you this morning. Mm. That's so, yeah, that's awesome, right? That's a God moment right there. Oh, for there sure. are no coincidences, right? No. So you pray to God, God, bring me a God-centered person, a friend in my life. And then she gets a prompting right? Yeah. Get up and walk over to a total stranger, which is something she's never done before. And you both meet and now you're best friends and roommates. How many yeah. years has this been? Uh, two years. Two years. Like this is fantastic. I love it's amazing. Like <laughs> I have so many. I, I've got very, I've got about probably about eight wow moments like that. in that first year of me living here that God really revealed himself and answered very loud prayers. So I, I'm a very big believer in prayer. That's awesome. All right. So it's two years later, you are lit up and on fire. I could just feel the energy in your voice about God and your faith and how important he is in your life, that relationship. When are you tempted to fall back into the old way of, of living? Yeah. I think after all those years of me drinking, um, I created a habit. And I created a go-to, kind of a crutch for when I'm sad and depressed. And mm -hmm. as a Christian, we're going to hit those moments where we are sad and depressed. And as much um, trust as I have 
and that I, you know, completely surrendered to him, there's still those moments where temptation comes and I'm, you know, fighting the enemy and my old ways and my old crutch was alcohol. So this three day, this three month mentorship, um, actually one of the rules is no drinking. And I didn't realize that that's when I realized I had a problem um, when they told me no. And I was like, wow, I've never not drank for three months straight. That's kind of sad to say, but um, it was a struggle. The first month was an absolute struggle. Um, my roommate was a huge help with keeping me accountable. My boyfriend was a huge help. So I had people in my life that were, you know, but it was, you know, there were moments where like, there's no one around. I'm just going to go sneak a beer. Like it was bad. And that's when I realized I had a problem. And I hadn't known that until someone said, don't do it. And I'm like, oh no, I need it. <laughs> so um, it's been, it's been almost three months now. I'm almost done with my mentorship and I haven't touched or thought about alcohol in at least two months. That first month was a struggle, but after, you know, about a month of breaking a habit, it's completely gone. And mm. I don't, I don't even, I almost feel nauseous thinking about alcohol. So, you know, once I'm done and that rule isn't in effect due to my mentors, um, it's going to really come back into play of trusting God and not giving in to that temptation and stooping back to that level. Because I feel like it's probably the devil's going to hit me then and poke me where he knows that I get myself. Yeah. Wow. Great, great testimony there. So BC Nation, Broken Catholic Nation, I really want you to get Brittany's story here because it connects with so many of our personal stories, right? Again, we're all the same in our struggles. The enemy knows the buttons to push. He has watched you grow up since you were a child. Mm -hmm. He knows what makes you fall. He's the ultimate, the world's greatest social scientist, I say, right? He studies us, right? And he pushes the buttons. And for Brittany, it was alcohol, right? And she did something so bold, right? And, and God gave her this insight. And I love this part of the story is to surround herself by God, with godly people who would hold her accountable. And I'm sure, Brittany, you were probably a pain in the butt sometimes oh, yeah. try, trying to get that drink, trying to get that alcohol, trying to persuade them. Oh, come on. It's just a little thing. Let's just do it once. It's, or, hey, let's celebrate. We had a great little victory or something like that. And they held strong right? That's what love looks like, right? That's taking up your daily cross. So BC Nation, I really want you to get this part of the story. It's like, you cannot do this alone. You must surround yourself with a community, a tribe of people that really want your best in life, that want your spiritual health, not just your emotional health or your physical health. And Brittany did just that. So make sure you're surrounding yourself with two or three or four or five really godly people that are where you want to go and can help you get there. All right, Brittany, let's, uh, let's wrap this all up a little here. Um, if you were being 100% transparent, in what area of your life do you still struggle with God? To trust God. That's a hard one. Um, you know, when I get asked that question quite a bit from my mentors, um, and I think... You know, as a, and this is probably pretty accurate for a lot of Christians, but I think Christians have this stigma, unfortunately, is that we're pretty judgmental people. Mm. And uh, people know, actually, people probably would argue that Christians are more judgmental than anyone else. They're just people who are following, you know, because we have this book that we're supposed to follow the rules. So um, I think for me, I'm really struggling to step away from judgment. Mm. 
and um, you know, not loud judgment. You know, I don't say it. I try to filter myself and I don't say it out loud, but even just internal in my head. Um, so I think it's just love, you know, the idea of loving everybody regardless of what they do, what they say, what mm. they wear. So I'm, I'm really, you know, striving to get to that point where I can instantly on a dime stop the judgment and revert it to love. Um, so it's taking some practice and I, you know, I'm giving myself grace because it's a 26 year journey of me judging people. So it's not going to, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but you know, that's, that's the thing right now that I'm really striving to just love everybody. And, and I just came back from Nicaragua actually. And, you mm. know, I was in a, I was in a country where they have not even a bathroom. Like don't talk about clothes and shoes. Like they don't have a bathroom in their home. So and these people to see the love that they have for every single human being, regardless of what they look like, just a love radiated from them. They don't have anything. Mm. We Americans are spoiled rotten brats. So if we can't love people and like we just have nothing to complain about, we have a problem. So <laughs> you know, I'm really trying to just share the message of love and trying to be loved. So that's my struggle. <laughs> that's that's powerful. So BC Nation, Brittany is sharing, right, her number one challenge in trusting God right now. And it's the area of not of judging others, right? It, this, it's been 26 years in the making, right? You have muscles right now that you have developed that may not be serving you in your life. They could be harming yourself or harming others. And what I find is very helpful, and I, I'll, I'll just put this out there, is when I've struggled with judgment, and being self-righteous, right? Being like the Pharisees, you know, in the, in the Bible, the only way I was able to break through it or break free from those chains was I surrendered it to God. I called it out verbally and said, God, this is an, something I'm still controlling in my life. And I know you want it. I surrender my judgment of others to you. I give it to you. I don't want it anymore. It's yours. It's too big for me. It's not helping anybody. It's just hurting people. I'm not responsible with it. Take my judgment away from me and replace, fill my heart, fill that void with love so that I see people the way you see them, right? I just, I love them where they're at, regardless of their labels, their titles, their financial affluence, whatever. Just help me to love you and help me to love you through them, right? And, and it's really difficult to do. Brittany, what shows up for you in that? Ooh, you went uh, like a robot there for a couple seconds. I think my phone might be dying. Um, that's huge. That is literally huge. So the idea of speaking things out loud is one of the bi biggest concepts that I have found to be true. And, you know, I think that was, you just reminded me, like, I don't think I've been doing that very often with this struggle. You know, maybe I've been praying, praying about it, but maybe not even as much as I should be. But I think it's intentionally speaking things out loud and praying about them, you know, and surrendering them every single day is a constant, every single day struggle. It's not going to ever just go away. So I think mm. it's, that's huge. And I think, you know, you just reminded me that I really need to get back into, you know, instead of just thinking about it, like, oh man, I wish I didn't just judge. I really need to surrender that to God right now. Wow, Brittany, that's awesome, right? Praise God for that. And it's like, think about what you just said there, right? When you're thinking about, the, the thing and you're just keeping it internal, you're keeping it in the darkness. The enemy yeah. it has dominion over the darkness, right? Mm -hmm. That's where his power comes from. The second you speak it out into the world, like verbally say it, you bring it into the light and yes. the enemy loses all power over it, right? 
So that, that is brilliant. That's powerful. Really well done there. All right, let's go here. Why do you think that 90% of people are struggling to find their purpose in their life? Why do you think that's going on still? Yeah, that's a, that's a struggle. Um, I think, and I'm, I'm going to go back to our era. And, you know, this is the only era I've lived in, so I can't really speak on others. But um, I think that the world makes people feel this sense of like independence and like you have to, you have to be something huge in this world. And if you're not, you're a failure. And so it's just this new age where people are putting YouTube videos out and all these self-help books, which, you know, I'm, I'm a total advocate for, you know, um, for investing in yourself, but I think people put too much weight on it. And if they're not doing something so grand, like, you know, starring a, a podcast, or if they're not, you know, the, a pastor of a church, then they have no purpose. I think people are looking for these big, grand goals when, you know, the Bible talks about the body of Christ is just that, a full body. So we need pinkies and we need fingernails and we need hairs in our nose. Like we need all parts. And so, but no part is bigger than another. If we don't have a toe, you're going to fall over. Brittany, are you, what I'm hearing you say is that I should shut up, stop complaining, and be happy being a nose hair. Is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly right. You rock it, nose hair. <laughs> I, I will be the best nose hair the world has ever seen. Darling, That's amazing. According to Brittany. That's awesome. But I love it, right? Because you bring up such a huge point, Brittany, there that we all need each other. We shall not compare ourselves to others for our own self-worth. You know, as it says in scripture, if the hand looks at the eye, right, and is jealous of the eye because it can't see, like it's missing the whole point. It's meant right. to be a hand, not an eye, right? So I love that. That's powerful. Okay, let's wrap this up in a bow. What is the best faith advice you've ever received for getting your faith right? I gotta really think about that one. You know, I've I've had a few um, mentors in my life just kind of preaching into me, and um, you know, I have, and in the kids ministry at church, and and the the director of the kids ministry, you know, she she had reached out to me um, because I had just been, um, you know, I just signed up for my mission trip, and I was feeling. And one piece of advice is once you start to strive for God more and more, the enemy is like, red light, red light, like bring her back. She can't get this far. So the, the closer you get to God, the closer you know, the devil gets to you. So um, this moment I was you know, growing up in church and I was going on a mission trip and I was really striving for God. So the enemy was really attacking my identity and telling me that I wasn't good enough and that, that I wasn't worthy. And, um, you know, the leader of my kids' ministry, she saw that and um, – that's that's the exact piece of advice she gave me and i didn't really i never had heard that concept that the devil is closer to you the closer you get to god so i think just rec she said recognize that you should be i mean you should be proud that he's trying this hard like look how hard you have the devil's attention um so i think you know for me as soon as i feel that depression or i feel she just, uh, she just came up and said, I absolutely think it's beautiful what you guys are talking about in the coffee shop. So, awesome. <laughs> I'm glad everyone's hearing me. <laughs> Look at that. 
Uh, throughout the coffee shop. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, now whenever I'm down, I remember that piece of advice is like, I shouldn't feel like bad that, you know, that I have a, a feeling of unworthiness. I should feel like kind of proud that the devil is really trying this hard for me. Like I should feel kind of like, I mean, I don't, I almost said the BA word. <laughs> but I, was, I feel awesome. Like, yeah, like I am, I'm that much closer to God that the enemy sees me as that important in his agenda that he's going to attack me. So, you know, I think it's just pushing him away and realizing think, that it is the enemy. I think that's great, right? And rather than you saying, you know, you're a spiritual badass or a Christian badass. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> right? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's literally showing up in such a way BC Nation, as Brittany's saying, is that when you draw closer to God and build that relationship with him, you get on the enemy's radar and now you become a threat, a threat yeah. to the enemy. He's threatened by you, right? Because you're drawn closer to God the Father. You're bringing others with you and he's losing them. He's losing souls. So that's a powerful place to be. Brittany, yeah. let's, all right, here we go. What's the one thing you want the world to know about having a relationship with God versus not relationship with God. Yeah, it's, it's life-changing. It gives you, a, that's where my purpose comes from. And I think that's where everyone's purpose will be once they pick up their thoughts. That's when you realize that the people who are struggling, the people who are searching and finding and wanting to find that one reason why they're on this earth, as soon as you turn to God, he reveals it. So it's, it's a powerful life change and it is where life begins. Love that. That was my final question. But now I just want to ask a final, final question. <laughs> Because okay. you're because you're an entrepreneur and I'm an entrepreneur, right? And mm -hmm. I am building this entire brand all around building faith into your business. Okay. Because I believe the two are disconnected and we live this duality where what I call bipolar Christians, right? Yeah. <laughs> we go to church on Sunday and nod our head. I believe that. I believe that. Then we go to work on Monday and it's like crush it, kill them, get to the top, right? Yeah. And we forget we have like spiritual amnesia or something like that. Right. So, how do you build faith in your business? Is that going on right now or is that an area you're looking to improve? Yeah, so I do a lot of things. I'm a dental hygienist. Um, I'm a network marketer for a health company and I do real estate. So um, in every area of my work, I absolutely am as loud as I possibly can be with my faith. So I'm very blessed to work for a dentist who allows me freedom to be able to talk about what I want with my patients. So you know, when you're getting your teeth worked on, you can't really talk. You just have to kind of listen. So <laughs> I'm not a preaching, you know, Nancy. I'm not sitting there shoving the Bible down people's throats. But, you know, if they open the door for me, I dive right in. So um, I absolutely talk to, them, you know, as many patients as I can about my faith walk and about my experience. Um, I also work for a company called Vaseo, V-A-S-A-Y-O. And it's a new company. They sell um, health products to try to improve people's lives and you know, health and mentally, and um, the company is based on religion. So very, I'm very open, and they they, they encourage it, and, and you know, to, to be very allowed with our faith because he's the reason we're here. We should take care of our bodies. So I am so blessed to work with companies and to start companies and be in, it in you know a company that allows me freedom to be able to do this. So um, I think if you do, if you have that freedom in your job, use it. You know, don't, I do have that freedom, but I'm not, I'm not talking to anybody. Like, absolutely, use the door and, and dive right in. 
You know, the, the first time I brought God into conversation in my business, it was scary as heck. Oh. And, and I, just, I just took the step, right? And God just made it so easy. Like he just opened it all up. But all he wanted was me to take the step. That's the test. Will you take the first step? He'll do the other 10,000 steps. Will you take the first step? That's the question. All right. So, Brittany, where can our audience find out more about you? I am on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of the names of my Instagram. B, uh, Brit Tuck, B-R-I-T-T-U-C-K is the name on my Instagram. And Brittany Tucker, I'm sure there's a million Brittany Tuckers on Facebook. Um, I am in Tampa, Florida, so maybe that'll help trigger um, my Facebook account. But yeah, I'm on those two social media platforms. Cool. So BC Nation, if you want to get in touch with Brittany Tucker, just Google Brittany Tucker Tampa and she should come right up with her big smiley face. Um, the company she was talking about, that nutrition company, uh, you can catch her link at Brit Tuck. That's B-R-T-T-U-C-K dot Vaseo dot com. That's Brit Tuck, B-R-I. Say again. Oh, did I miss it? It's okay. B-R-I-T-T-U-C-K. That's what I meant. Dot okay. Vaseo dot com. Got it. Awesome. And uh, Brittany, welcome to the confession round. This is my favorite part of the show. You see what I did there with the confession round? Broken yeah. and all uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Very witty. Why? Thank you. All right. So I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's just Ooh, okay. fun. Don't overthink it. Are you ready? I am ready. Brittany, what's your favorite sound? Oh, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, a fart. <laughs> wow. What's your least favorite sound, I dare ask? <laughs> Tapping of a pen. Got that. <laughs> I'm going to tap my pen now. I just want to. Oh, okay. Lord. <laughs> when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, ooh, a teacher. Cool. What are you most afraid of? Ooh, loneliness. Got that. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Drinking. Drinking. <laughs> what secret fear do you have about God? Ooh. That he won't deliver on his word. Wow. Got yeah. that. I bet a few of us have that. <laughs> what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Oh, that he does deliver on his word. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Like, like he's, he's only shown you like 10,000 times already. He's, he's only the God of the universe. I mean. Right. Yeah. We still don't believe it's like, he shows <laughs> right. time after time and we're like, yeah, but what if there's one time you don't? We're right? humans. That's, that's our nature. Exactly. Brittany, <laughs> what is a new habit you want to form? Oh, um, I want to do something scary every single day. Something that scares me every Got day. It. What's a bad habit you want to break? Ooh, I want to stop texting and driving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so terrible. I say I will never do it. Yeah, they say don't tempt God, right? Pick three <laughs> words to describe who you are now. Ooh, I'm thinking too much. Me being a girl. Um, encouraging. Mm -hmm. Forgiving. Mm. And hopeful. Got that. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your life. Oh, um, afraid. Mm. 
my brain is having a I think right now. I think you said I think you said lonely and miserable too. Oh, that's well, those are good ones. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> sure. Good, good thing I pay attention on my show. Please, right. yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Right. So, Brittany, imagine some time in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. You know, I've been asked this question before. I always want to be that person that loves. You know, she loves with all of her heart, unapologetically, with no questions asked. Period. Love it. And last question, Brittany, if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? I think that piece of advice would be to trust his understanding and not your own. His ways are greater than yours. Mm. As humans, we make them. I'm sorry, go on. No, as humans, we make a mess of everything, don't we? Including our own yeah. lives. Let's just trust God. He kind of like designed the entire perfect universe that's still working. Like maybe he can yeah. make our lives work, right? If yeah, we surrender. Possible. All right, awesome. <laughs> Any parting words of wisdom, Brittany? No, you know, I, I wholeheartedly believe that um, moments like this, or even just being in this coffee shop, that um, God does this on purpose for at least one person. So, you know, if this reaches just one person and it's really turning in your heart, I, you know, I believe that you, you know, God used this not for me or not for you, but you know, for the person who's listening. So, take this with you know, a grain of salt and um, you know, run with it. If you're feeling that tug in your heart, it's God. It's 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 not that you missed lunch. <laughs> Got that. BC Nation, listen to the wisdom bombs that Brittany is dropping on you right now. She's about 26 years old, I'm guessing. That's about right. Yeah. Got it. All right. And she's got so much going on in her life right now. And she could be out there doing the party scene and doing breaking all the laws of God like she used to do, like I used to do, like maybe you're doing right now. But she was miserable and lonely. I was miserable and lonely. It's all a lie. What the world promises is all a lie. Success, money, wealth, all of it, it's all BS. I was the most lonely and miserable as well, just like Brittany. And now I'm the most happiest in my life when I've turned my life back to God and I surrendered everything to him, right? And that doesn't mean I'm perfect, doesn't mean Brittany's perfect, and doesn't mean you're perfect, and you don't have to be. That's the beauty of it. You just have to surrender everything. Let go of the control issues that you have over your life. Give them to your heavenly father. Trust him. I promise you, he will do a better job with your life than you can ever do on your own. <laughs> right, Brittany? All right, Brittany, yes. thanks for joining yes. us today. And I wish you peace, love, and forgiveness. Thank God you, bless Joe. you. Bro. It was so nice to meet you. Thanks for the chat. You're welcome. Take care. Yeah, you too. God bless you. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.